about the preacher that I can I can't even remember the joke I never could but anyway when it didn't matter if one cow came or 50 they got the whole load so aren't you blessed tonight you know aren't you glad you're here <laughs> somebody else could tell that it would be funnier but Kelly's laughing at it now so so you never know <laughs> you know I don't tell jokes and even if I knew the joke I couldn't tell it well so I, I'm not a joke teller. I don't even listen to them. I mean, I'm forget it. Okay, I don't know how I got off on that. So it's just good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? And I know that you've been hearing a lot about core beliefs because it's sticking out in my head and my nose and my feet and everything else. And so that's just what you're getting because what God's doing with me is what you get. So, you know, you could either have a canned sermon well, you can have one that's real and alive and uh, is going to be something that you can take and use for the rest of your life. So I think you'd like the latter part, wouldn't you? You'll take the latter. Okay. So this is core beliefs number four. And I promise you, I'm going to finish this Sunday morning, and I'm going to give you some nuts and bolts Sunday morning and even a handout. And you're going to be able to do this, and if you will, your life's going to be different, Okay. So I'm going to encourage you to get the whole series. There's going to be five of these CDs by the time I get through. And um, let it get inside of you. As in some, some of you, if you've been here every time, it ought to be getting there by now. But these are life-changing messages. And, you know, this is such a simple thing. Um, you know, when we taught the marriage class, this little really excerpt was in the message in the class. And it just went off in me, and it's still going off in me. And, and I see how big it is, how, how core beliefs just affect everything we do and say and think. And so that's why you get to hear about it, okay? Now, as I go through this and I, and I talk about scriptures you can use and whatever, I want you to always know you can select your own scriptures. You know, there may be, I was just reading today, and... You know, I read over my sermon. I thought, well, I'm just going to put a, a, a scripture or two in the back of my Bible. And lo and behold, did you ever just open that up and you find things you think, I don't know where that's been. Of course, I do have a new American standard, and so it's, <clears throat> it's a little different. But um, I'm sure you've all read this. It's all new to me. You know, if you really get excited about the Word, you'll find new things in here, okay? And so this is what I found. Virginia. Is that how he talks to you? Call you by name. Virginia, let your speech always be with grace. Whew. As though seasoned with salt, so you will know how you should respond to each person. Now, you can use that anywhere, can't you? That's Colossians 4, 6, okay? That doesn't have anything to do with what I'm talking about right now, but that's good, okay? If you'll put it inside of you, it'll work for you, okay? You know, you can even get free of griping and complaining, moaning and groaning. You can get free of um, negative all the time. Negative, negative, nah, 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 nah. You just can't say something good. You can get rid of depression. You can rid, get rid of guilt and shame. How many of you just, sometimes you just carry around guilt and shame, or sometimes this little black cloud just comes and lands right over your head. Just 
it's right there, you know. Stays there all day. And just well, you know what? You can get rid of that. You just speak the word to it. It'll run. The devil hates the word. He hates the word. He hates the word because he knows the power of it. We're trying to get the body of Christ to understand the power of it, but he knows the power of it, okay? So instead of just doing this griping, complaining, moaning, and groaning, blaming, unhappiness, and all that, I'm giving you a way to get out of it, and not just to get out of it, but to totally have victory over it and be totally changed in the process and I'm talking about spiritually, physically, financially, mentally, socially, and emotionally. Now, can you beat a deal like that? Could you buy a deal like that? No. And this is all free. You just have to do something, you know. So sometimes I think the body of Christ, they just want it spoon-fed, you know. For Pastor Virginia, get it in there and stick it in my mouth, and I'll see if I like it or not. Well, that, this is not like that. This is something you get to do, and 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 you get to do, okay? It's a process. Okay. Proverbs 4.23 says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the springs of life. And when I talked to you about the scripture before, I said, For out of it flow the issues of life now does that make more sense issues you got issues oh we've all got issues of life come from inside of you okay this is one of those you know i've been giving you some little amazing statements so sunday morning i'm going to hand out a handout with all these little amazing statements on it so you don't need to write them down again i say that all you think about, you will eventually say. And all you say, you will eventually do. And all you think and say and do are flowing out of your deep-seated, embedded core beliefs. I'm telling you, this is powerful stuff. And, and the last sermon, I was telling you that everything you say and do and think flows through these colored glasses or goes through this film this covering over your core beliefs and jason and i were just talking about it before service and he said the first time he listened to the kingdom series he was going you know and and then he listened to some of this core belief stuff and he said i knew then that i was running it through my little filters and my little filters were getting clogged up with some of that stuff so what we've got to do is get the filters off so that the Word of God, the real Word of God, what He really means, can come through, okay? These beliefs, now I know you don't like to hear this because I talked about it before. You think you're all controlled by the Holy Ghost, but you're not. You're not. I'm not. We ask to be led. I hope you ask every day to be led by the Holy Ghost. But I'm going to tell you, these beliefs control control everything about you. They control what you eat. I've said this before. It's just worth saying again. How you rest, how you take care of yourself, what you say, what you think, what your job is, how much money you make or don't make, 
your attitudes, your reactions, your feelings, your behavior. This is another amazing statement. They transcend into all of your social, mental, physical, and spiritual dimensions. Do you see why I can just give one little sermon about this thing? If they transcend into all of those areas of your life, then just think what you can do. If, if you by chance have a core belief that maybe isn't quite right. Some of you may be thinking, Pastor Virginia, I wish you'd get off of this because all my core beliefs are fine, you know. That's not true. You're listening to the wrong voice if you're hearing that, okay? And believe me, I know because mine have been worked, being worked over lately, and it's not too comfortable. In fact, it's downright uncomfortable, okay? These belief, these core beliefs impart your loves, your hates, your worries, your fears, your priorities, your goals, your values, what you enjoy, who you can trust, friends that you pick out, what you achieve, what you live for, and even what you would die for. I'm telling you, is this big or is this big? Are you all getting it? You know, if I ask you to give me a paragraph about what I've been teaching on these four sermons, I hope you could tell me something, could you? Are you all saying yes? <laughs> Some of you are just looking at me. Okay, here's the solution. Amazing statement. Replace your wrong or untrue beliefs with right ones. I know you're getting tired of hearing that, but you're going to get it pretty soon. With true ones... And you'll no longer be controlled by your emotions. Maybe some of you are not controlled by your emotions. But you know what? To be, um, let's see. Sometimes people spout off, get angry and all that, and we say they're controlled by their emotions. Sometimes people. So they clam up and they bury it all in there. It's the same difference. I think it's probably worse because when it does explode, it just explodes everywhere. Okay. Here's a scripture. This is the scripture you can take to the bank. You know what that means? It'll get you a loan. Okay. I, I, I don't mean that. It'll get you anything with God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. You get this now. Tell yourself that. Tatum, whether then you eat or drink, Tatum, whatever you do, whatever you do, Susan, whatever you do, Shelley. Whatever you do, whatever you do, Jerry, whatever you do, Debbie, do it all to the glory of God. Now, you just take them apples and eat them. Can you say that's true in your life? Even whatever you eat and whatever you drink, actually, that's what that means. Do that to the glory of God. Plus, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, everywhere, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Now, you can take that scripture and eat it, mull it, chew it, use it, put it inside of you. It'll change your heart. It'll change your actions. Okay. It may take a little time. Any of you have any time? I know some of you don't have any time. 
but doesn't take a lot of time. You know, you can be walking into the grocery store and you can be saying, whatever you do, Virginia, whether you're eating or drinking or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. You're pushing the cart, okay? Okay, Virginia, whether you're eating or drinking, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. And you're not necessarily saying it out loud, you know. Okay, you're driving to take the kids to practice. Okay, Virginia, whatever you do, whether you're eating or drinking, do it all to the glory of God. That's just one little scripture. But see, you just you just eat it all day long. You eat it and you spit it out, kind of like the cow. You just chew it. You chew and you chew and you chew and you and you say it. You know, you don't get it in one time. You don't get it in ten times. You just say it and say it and say it. You ever have to memorize something in school? You used to, they made you write things for like a thousand times. You see it and you write it and believe me, you get it. Time you write, they usually give you one sentence. That's if you've been bad. None of you were ever bad and had to write anything. Nowadays, I don't know what they do. Can't whip them. They still do that? Okay. I don't know where that came from. That sure wasn't in my notes. Okay. Okay, so it's going to take some time and some concentration to replace these old beliefs with the truth of God. But it's going to be worth every ounce of effort, okay? So if it takes you, what if it takes you two weeks? What if it takes you six weeks? What if it takes you a year or two years? What better thing could you do? I mean, you could go off to college. I mean, I got my doctorate a year ago, you know, and I studied and studied and studied and studied. And you know what? This is more powerful than getting your doctorate. This is more powerful than making a million dollars in the next month. It is more powerful. The money cannot buy what I'm giving you. It's that precious. Okay? This is kingdom stuff. You may say, I don't think so. Well, it is. It's kingdom stuff. It's going to change you, and then you're going to change those around you, and then your circumstances are going to change. People are going to know, want to know what you did. You're going to tell them it's kingdom stuff. It's kingdom work. I sincerely believe that, that what I'm giving you in, these, in this series of core beliefs is so life-changing it's almost miraculous. And I've begun the process, and believe me, I'm not there. I've begun, you know, and I challenge several of you to, to start with me what, I don't know when that was. So some of you may have started, you may have backed off, you may have taken the two scriptures I gave you earlier and thought, you know, I'm not getting anywhere. Well, you just hang on, just don't give up, just keep on using those or get you some more. After I get through tonight, maybe you'll know what I'm talking about. We don't all have to use the same scripture because we haven't all got the same issues of life, do we? Um, but the one that I gave you was Mark 12, 30 and 31. So if, if you don't know anything else to do, and if you're totally confused on what I'm talking about, then you just go get this scripture and write it out in great big letters and paste it all over the house. Put it in your car. Put it in your heart and let it spew out of you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is this, to love your neighbor as yourself. And there's no other commandment greater than these two. These two cover all of life and death, all of eternity. They cover everything you'll ever need for now. But then there's more little 
delicate ones like the one I gave you just at the beginning. So if you'd rather make it personal and find your own scriptures to uproot the lies, well, please do. Please do. What I want you to do is get excited about this. I want you to sell out to the plan, okay? You know what I mean? It's kind of like get, get excited about it. Get excited about it. Find out that it actually will work. I know uh, Francisco came up to me Sunday morning, and he said, I don't know how to eat the Word. But by the time next Sunday's over, you're going to know how to eat the Word. So you won't have any excuse not to eat the Word, will you? I know you think I'm silly. You know, we eat meals. We don't miss those meals, do we? Well, maybe you all do. I don't miss my meals. But we miss eating the Word. And, you know, I remember when I was the postmaster, I typed up, I don't know, 100 or 200 cards with scriptures on them. And so on my desk, I just sort of placed them. You know, as I'm going by, and and I never hardly got to sit at my desk, but as I'd go by, I'd look at them, and so I'd get me a new one, and I'd, I'd just mull it around. And then I'd talk to somebody at the window, or I'd go put up mail, and then I'd go back and get me another one. It's amazing in those years, what I, what I put to memory. Because now I find, you know, I'll just, somebody will start saying a scripture and I'll just be finishing it. And I thought, how do I know that? And another thing you need to know is that singing is, there's something about singing that helps in memory. We're going to sing with Marty here with her phone. <laughs> she can't find her phone. Oh, the alarm to go pray. Okay. I forgot what I was telling you. Got, got a wife singing it, singing it. Okay. Um, how many of you, um, probably a few of you are more than 20. So, you know, when they start playing songs on the radio that I heard when I was 20, I can sing those songs yet. How is that? How is that? And those the hymns that I sang all my life in the denominational church haven't been there since 1984. I can tell. I can sing every word. I'm thinking, I didn't purpose to memorize those things. What happened? We sang that same song over and over and over and over and over. And singing does something more than just saying it. So, you know, if you're having trouble uh, getting the good out of what you're chewing, try singing it. God loves it anyway. Whether you're on tune or not, he loves it. Now, maybe you haven't heard any of my sermons on core beliefs and you wonder what I'm talking about. I don't know if that's any of you or not. But a core belief is what you believe deep down in here, right or wrong, about a situation, a life issue, or spiritual truth. You say, just because you got these beliefs in here doesn't mean they're right. You can believe you're poor and that you're supposed to be poor, and that's the way you grew up, and no amount of money is going to change your mind. You will claim to be poor. You will try to dress poor. You won't want anybody to know that you have money because, after all, you're poor. And if you don't change that belief, you'll always appear to be poor. 
You may have the belief that people are against you, and no matter how many people come into your life and exit it, that belief stays there. You may have the belief that you have to take care of. It's too bad Diane isn't here. You can take this home to her. No matter... Okay, you, have to, you may have the belief that you have to take care of every detail of your life yourself because you know just how it needs to be done and nobody else can do it like you can. She asked me at church. She, she brought that up. I said, I'll get you in the next sermon. She's not here today. Did so. you ever know anybody like that? I'll do it myself because, hey, it's got to be done just this way and this way and this way. And, and you might not fold the tea towel in half. You might fold it in quarters. <clears throat> um, no matter how many people want to help you, you can't let them because you need to do it yourself. You may believe because your parents were Christians you're a Christian. Not a not a good belief. So you don't go to church and and you don't um, want to learn about God. Why? Because you know you're already saved, you think. You may think it's okay to blow off steam to cuss and rant and rave when someone crosses you or irritates you. It's getting quiet in here. No matter how many people try to help you, it's to no avail. You see, you don't have that right. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no unwholesome, that would be a cuss word, or ranting and raving, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but that which is edifying, uplifting, encouraging to the believer. So, those are just a few beliefs that are lies. I'm sure you don't have any of those, and I hope you don't have. But our hearts are full of little things like that, big things like that, and they need to be replaced. More serious would be the belief that, you know, hey, I, I can be saved through Allah. I can be saved through Buddha. I can be uh, New Age, you know, I'll be my own God. And you know, that belief is, is very prevalent and the Muslims and I don't know I, I don't know much about the other religions because I'm not interested in them I suppose um, Augustine is shaking his head like he knows I don't know how many gods India has how many is it millions millions wow but we have one God but, you know, if you believe that Allah is going to get you into the next life, into heaven, then that belief is not only going to affect you here, it affects your eternity forever. And so you can see how core beliefs are so very, very important. Okay. Another amazing statement. Don't you love my little amazing statements? Don't you love this? You are the sum total of your core beliefs. Say that out loud. I am. Say, I am the sum total of my core beliefs. 
Boy, sometimes that doesn't want to swallow, does it? One more. The good part of this is that you can receive new beliefs and they will swallow up the old ones. Truth to swallow up lies. Okay? Now let's look at 2 Corinthians 10, 5, and 6. And you all know this. We've used this in the deliverance room forever. Um, <clears throat> we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, and we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. What I'm going to zero in on right there is, did you notice that taking every thought captive? Do you ever think, how in the world do you take a thought captive? Did you ever wonder that? You know, well, you, you go get the sheriff, and he, he brings in the deputies, and they have these big chains, and they wrap these chains around that thought. No. You reject the thought and replace it with the truth, with the God truth. That's all there is to it. It isn't hard. You take the thought captive. I remember Kenneth Copeland's daughter would say, I don't take that thought. See, that's what you do. You don't take that thought. You know, your thoughts come from your heart you know if we could all take a look at our heart we'd probably get sick we think we're so whitewashed and clean and beautiful and we have things in our heart that are awful and the devil is able to susan said i could use her because she sits right here the devil is able to penetrate you with his thoughts and so when a thought comes from the devil you know tell it to go, for goodness sakes. You don't, you, you don't even really have to say that. You say, let's see, I had an example I thought of, I think. Okay, you will always be striving to pay your bills and you'll never get ahead. And you say, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4.19. Now, he's going to supply all your need according to his riches and glory, not even according to the riches of the earth. Did you notice that? I mean, it surpasses what's around here. So, you know, if he's going to do that, then that thought has to go, doesn't it? So you just reject it, but then you put in a truth. Now, that's the key. You can go around rejecting these things, saying, I don't, I, I don't take that thought. You spend all your day long just saying, wearing yourself out, saying, no, 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 I'm not going to, no, no, I don't believe that. But instead, you say, I don't take that. Here's what is true. And, you know, God's word is true. There's some facts about things out there. There's lots of facts, but the truth is the word of God. Okay. Fact may be true, may not be true, but God's word is true, okay? Okay. You know how to take, to take a thought captive, right? You don't have to call a sheriff. You just reject the thought. And, you know, you may even have to go to the Bible and find, but anything will work. You can take Mark 12. You know, you can just say, No, I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I love my neighbors myself. And because of that, God's taking care of me. And then, by then, the devil will be 
running hard away from you. When we begin putting the truth in, the Word of God begins swallowing up the old core beliefs. But you know what? These new beliefs, if you could eat this whole book, it'd be great. If you could just somehow get this inside of you, wouldn't that be great? I used to have a cousin, and she she would wake up in the night frightened or have a bad dream or something. And she said, I just put the word over my chest like that. I thought, that is the silliest thing I've ever heard. You know, this word works any old way you use it. It will drive off demons put over your chest in the middle of the night if you're frightened. I'm telling you, this book is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, even to divide soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and even the, the intentions of our hearts. Yeah, I dropped it. Thank you. Okay. When, when you've embedded deeply and meaningfully and passionately and branded new beliefs on your heart, then you will own them. Listen to this, another amazing statement. Your consistent thoughts become your beliefs, and your beliefs control everything about you. Wow. Wow. So you change your thought. And you begin to think it, think the new thought, over and over and over and day after day. And it makes a scratch or an imprint, we'll say, a little thin line on your heart. And then you go week after week and month after month, and you just keep eating and chewing and mulling and meditating. I'm not talking about trying to memorize it. I'm just talking about eating it, okay, this scripture. And it's, it's going to make a bigger imprint. It's going to make a groove. And we'll call that a stronger belief. And then the groove, you just keep doing this, becomes a powerful core belief. And then it becomes a path. You just keep on, keep on. This same thing, you know, this same thing. You're just saying the same thing. And this, this path is becoming a road. And you just keep on and keep on and keep on. And you... This scripture will get bigger and bigger and bigger, and it'll, it'll, it'll just blow you away, the meaning that'll come from this scripture from the Holy Ghost. And then pretty soon, it is so big, it's like a four-lane highway. And when you get there, it's a stronghold, and it cannot be demolished. It's a good stronghold, okay? You have now secured it, and you own it. It's yours. And no devil in hell will ever convince you that that scripture isn't true. The only thing we need to do is to take every single scripture in there and do that. But see, we've been wasting time. We've been wasting a lot of time. I've been wasting 69 years here. Well, I haven't because I've I've eaten a lot of it. But, you know, if, if you started today to do what I'm talking about, even... 
all the various ages, you could not get half of the Bible in you like I'm talking about if you lived the rest of your life doing it. See, that's why you need to start right now. We, we needed to start way back there, but we can start right now, okay? Another amazing statement. When our core beliefs are set within our hearts like, the, oh, I told you that, like four-lane high freeways, they control everything about us. Okay, give me the next one. This is a great one. You are in charge of all your thoughts. Now, don't start blaming anybody else. You are in charge. You either take them or reject them. It's your deal. When the devil's pounding away at you, you just keep listening. Whose fault is that? Next one. You can choose your thoughts. Well, big deal, okay? You got a way out, don't you? Another one. Well, wow. You not only can choose them, you can change them. You can change your thoughts. Okay? I mean, this is not a big revelation. It's just we don't do it. We don't do it. And you know what? When you listen long enough, you'll get so down. It'll take somebody to have to come and pull you out of the mud that you're in, okay? Okay, is there another one? Yes. You can believe. Now listen to this. You can believe what you choose to believe. We have that freedom. That is an awesome freedom. Did you know that? That is an awesome freedom. You can choose to believe. You can choose what you believe. But I'm going to tell you that the greatest thing you can believe is this Word of God. Okay. If you chew on what you select, you just select them yourself, on powerful, selected Bible verses day after day, it will, what it does is it gobbles up. You don't have to go in there and deliver them out. It will, the Word of God's strong enough, powerful enough, it eats them up. It just literally eats them up. It will destroy, eat up, gobble up, however you want to say it, the destructive beliefs or the beliefs that sometimes they're, they may be three-fourths true and one-fourth a lie. You know that? The devil's real good at that. Okay? And then this will empower you to manage your own life under God's direction. You're going to be happier and more satisfied than you can imagine. And you'll even find that some of those old destructive beliefs that are going to leave, that you didn't even know you had till they got eaten up with new ones. And you could only see that after the new ones got there. Now, why in the world wouldn't you want to do this when it would do all that for you? Hmm? Why, why wouldn't you want to do that? Say, I want to do it. <laughs> all right, another amazing statement. Listen closely. If you're unhappy about anything in your life, anything at all, if you're being kicked around by the devil by anything at all, then find out what belief you've stored in your heart that's not right and start changing your thoughts. Did you hear me? I didn't say change your words because if you went, listened to the other sermon, you heard that 
that your thoughts, from your thoughts come your words, from your words come your actions, from your actions we know what kind of person you are. Your actions are just a manifestation of what you've been thinking about. So, you know, you may think you can hide your thoughts, but that's not true because five years from now, whatever you've been thinking about, you'll be walking in and we'll all know. And I hope it'll be great and wonderful things. Now, again, I'll say if, if you don't know, if you don't know which ones to do, just, just start hiding a few of God's words in there. Just, just take one verse. Psalm 119.11 says, Your word have I hidden, have I treasured in my heart. Why? So I can't, so I won't sin against you. The more words you got in here, the less sin, less appealing sin is. Let me tell you something. There are people that aren't here tonight because sin separates you from God. They can give you every excuse in the world for not being here. But when they get into sin, they can't stand to come in the presence of God. So they run to the world. And the world grabs hold of them and loves them. Sin separates you from the, from the presence of God, from God, from your desire to be with God. You must guard your heart. Because the, the more you sin, little sins, God forgives us, yes, but the more you sin, the less God you want. What you do is you just kind of keep walking away. Well, I got this little sin. It's, it's okay, God. You just keep going. And if you don't stop and turn around, you'll find yourself in a backslidden condition. That was not my sermon either, okay? As you plant a new belief, it'll take root and it'll replace the old ones. Amazing statement. Replacing old beliefs is like replacing old bad habits. How many of you know it takes 21 days at least to change a habit? You bring the new belief into your heart and you start to act on it, but the old one is still there and it sticks its head up, you know, and yells and screams and wants authority here. But if you'll just continue, keep on, keep on, keep on, it will be swallowed up by the truth of the living word of God. Okay. I'll give you a little example. Let's say, let's just take sickness, for example. Let's say you are sick and you believe in healing. Let's say you don't believe in healing, okay? Let's say you're sick and you begin to chew on Isaiah 53. But he was pierced through for your transgression, our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being or our peace fell upon him and his, by his scourging or by his stripes we are healed. And then there's... Um, Matthew eight seventeen. In order that what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, saying, He himself, being Jesus, took our infirmities and carried away 
our diseases. I love that translation. Okay, and then we've got Psalm 107.20. He sent his word. He sent what? He didn't come in person? In the Old Testament, he sent his word. Even Jesus sent his word, and it healed his the centurion's servant. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Do you think this word will heal you? Absolutely. And then there's 1 Peter 2.24. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his wounds, by his stripes, by his scourging, we are healed. Okay. So we got this belief that says, well, I know God heals today, but I don't know if he'll heal me. You ever hear that? And then we got this belief that, um, um, got to look at my notes. Healing passed away with the apostles, you know, like everything else, good. And then we got this belief, well, I got to have so-and-so lay hands on me because they're, they're anointed. They're the only ones that can do this. Now it has to be them because they, they got the healing gift, okay? Or there's this, it's not my time or it is my time to die. Or, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I'm just supposed to be sick because God's teaching me something. Ooh, that makes me. All these are lies. Now, number one, I know God heals, but maybe he won't heal me. God is no respecter of persons. And over and over and over and over it says he healed them all. In the New Testament, it says he healed them all. He healed them all. He healed them all. And then the second thing, if healing passed away with the apostles, what are you going to do with those four scriptures I just gave you? You know, tear them out of your Bible. And then there's hundreds more about healing. Healing did not pass away with the apostles. It does not say that in the Word anywhere. And then you believe that you've got to have this one person to, to lay hands on you. The Word says the believer lays hands on the sick and you shall recover. It doesn't say it has to be this great and mighty man of God or woman of God. Well, it's just my time to die. You don't have to be sick to die. Revelation. You don't have to be sick to die. We shouldn't have to be sick to die. Do you think Abraham got sick and died? Do you think Moses got sick and died? Do you think Elisha got sick and died? Do you think Matthew got sick and died? Do you think Paul got sick and died? Do you think Jesus got sick and died? He carried all of our sickness and disease on him. You don't have to be sick to die. But the devil has convinced the world and the Christian world of that fact, Haven't, hasn't he? You know, somebody, is, you read in the paper that they died, don't you say, well, what do you have? What do you die of? Isn't that what we do? Well, we don't ever think they just decided today's the day. I comb my hair and lay down and says, you know, I'm going to the next realm. That's what Smith Wigglesworth did. He told them, he said, you know, today's my day. I'm going to meet God. He got up and preached a sermon, sat down in his chair in the pulpit, and checked out. That's the way it ought to be. So, you see, that's just healing. There's just a few beliefs right there. You think that you might have some little squirrely beliefs there, maybe, or maybe just part of them or whatever. You know, well, you know, if healing is for all, and I believe that, and healing is every time, then why doesn't it happen? 
That's a really good question. Why doesn't it happen? I believe it's always available, and I don't know if it's the devil that steps in. I don't know if it's our faith. I don't know if it's our core belief. I sometimes think now those people that die and the people will say, you know, they loved God with all their heart, and they believed God with everything in them to be healed. I'm going to tell you, I think there was a core belief somewhere that their time was over or that God wanted them to go or something. There was a core belief that was not right. If they, if they loved God that much and they were believing God for healing, then I think a core belief got involved. I can't prove that. Just tell you that, okay? All right. I'm just about done. You get to surrender when you start this process. You get to surrender your expectations and your needless worry and your self-will and your future, and you surrender to God, and you surrender trying to take care of everything yourself and trying to figure everything out. That's the first thing you do. The second thing you do is get passionate about this. You develop a passion, and when you begin to get passionate about it, passion builds passion, okay? And then the third thing you're going to do is you're going to do over and over and over and over daily immersing yourself in the scriptures that you have, okay? Maybe you may want to live in one scripture for the next year. That's okay. That scripture will work wonders for you. It'll work in all kinds of areas. It isn't just like if it's a financial scripture. It won't just work in finances. It'll work in all of, air, all of the areas. So I'm just telling you, this is such good stuff. And you know, it's not something I didn't hear or study or know about in 1984. When I first got baptized in the Holy Ghost, I just didn't get it. I just didn't get it in here enough to go ahead and do it. So I, I, just, I just encourage you, find one scripture, at least one, between now and Sunday even. Because by Sunday, I'm going you know, to pass it out. You're going to know what to do, and you're going to be able to do it. And hopefully, hopefully I can, um, well, Sunday I'll give you five, the five steps I promised you in the first message, actually. And so five CDs later, I'm going to give them to you. But, but these five steps, you, if you'll do them, I'm going to guarantee you it'll change your life and the lives of all those around you. It's wonderful, powerful stuff. And it's not me. It's God's Word. It, it just works every time. You always heard the saying, you know, God's Word will work if you'll work the Word. Well, there's more truth to that than you know. But it isn't just working the Word. You know, you can go around um, spouting the Word, I guess. Spouting is a word, right? Spouting it. And not have it in here. When you get it in here and you speak it out, faith comes out with it. Powerful, loaded faith comes out with it when it comes from something that's planted in you. It's just different. It's different when it's coming in you from your core belief. It, 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 there's an anointing that attaches to it so that when you speak to the dead, they just rise. So that when you pray for healing, they just get healed. That's what we're supposed to be doing, you know. 
we got to get to the point that what we say comes from our core belief of God's word inside of us and it manifests in front of us. Don't you think that what, that's what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to see the manifestation of signs and wonders and miracles. That's what we're supposed to do. Well, we're going to have to do some cleaning out here. No, we really don't clean it out. We just put in the word and let it eat it up. And it will happen. Okay, it will happen. So promise me that you'll, you'll take this and you'll think on this sermon. And promise me you'll come Sunday if you can and get the five steps. I, I just, I tell you, I, I am so excited about this. I, I just wish I could hand it out to you. But I will hand you out a, a piece of paper that will help. Father, I thank you for these people that have come and they've listened and they've been so good to listen. I seal this word to this congregation and to all that are listening in the sound of my voice, to all that will listen on CD. I, I just seal this word to them. And, God, I'm asking you to cause their ears to pop open, that as they listen, they will catch what you are saying, not just what I'm saying, but what you are saying, and they'll catch the power and the authority that comes to them when the word is in them as an embedded core belief. I just thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen.